Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Daily Drop in Morning Show with the Teach Better team, where we are live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We are currently streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, but I will give a little shout out. We are struggling to stream on our Teach Better team Twitter account. So if you are watching over on Twitter or on whatever stream you're choosing to be live with us currently, please do us a favor, share the stream to make sure that everybody can also catch the show bright and early this morning. As all of you know, we are getting ready for a great show this morning. It is Tuesday, January 18th. We have a whole lot in store with a brand new guest bringing to our Teach Better community. And we also will be celebrating a good news article and holidays at the end. So we will be right back. Please go fill up your coffee and let's get ready for the day. incredible guest with us joining our conversation this morning. Dino, I'm so excited that you're here. Would you mind sharing a little about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me and good morning. Um, my name is Dino, uh, also known as Dariush Vajoha. Um, you can find me at Zoka Dino on most of uh, the social media platforms as well as my company, Zoka Media Group. Um, basically, I'm 22 years old. Um, I was born in Poland. My family immigrated to the United States in 2006. Um, with 14 suitcases, five family members, and $200 in my dad's po pocket, and uh, no one knew a lick of English. Uh, fast forward, uh, I'm 22 years old now. I've got my own video production business, um, working lots with school districts and uh, communities to kind of help improve communication, uh, trust, and kind of build on uh, school brands from there on out. Um, I'm also a firefighter paramedic, uh, and I've gone through quite a bit through life. Uh, that can hopefully use to motivate and inspire other people with uh, with kind of my story and kind of see how we can make the world a little bit of a better place every day at a time. I love that mission. I love that goal. You know, we connected a few months ago. Uh, we were our mutual friend, PJ Capozzi, who is a member of our Speakers Network. For those of you who are listening right now that may not have explored our Teach Better Speakers Network, we have a variety of educators doing incredible work in different spaces all over education. And PJ Capozzi is a relatively new member of our Speakers Network. He's probably been with us for about a year. And we love being able to send him into different school buildings and share his message out to our wider audience. Tell us a little bit about how you know PJ. So the way PJ and I met was actually uh, through a rather terrifying experience for me. Uh, for him, probably not so much. Uh, looking back, it was probably freshman, sophomore year of high school. I actually attended the school district, which he was becoming the superintendent in. And I believe this was his first or second year there. Um, and I've always had a passion for video production. First it was Legos, then it was video production. So uh, when I turned about uh, 10, 11 years old or so, my dad got me a little flip screen uh, kind of camera, almost like a smartphone, but literally like this little flat guy um, that he got with truck stop points because he was an over-the-road truck driver. And from there on out, I was just kind of recording little things, recording little Lego bases, that kind of stuff, putting that stuff on YouTube. Um, not really thinking I'd go anywhere. I was just doing it because I was having fun. Um, lo and behold, uh, I started setting up for 
you know, this little camcorder that I eventually got like three years later because, you know, a 10 years old selling lemonade, you know, trying to buy a $300 camcorder is not the best I or ideal situation. Um, lo and behold, I ended up going over the road with my dad every single time he had uh, a trip when I had spring break or winter break or summer break. Every couple of weeks, I'd go with him. Um, and then I would record these trips in a series I called Trucking Through America. But in fact, if you were to go into YouTube, you can still find this series from about 10 years ago or so. Um, so you can see kind of where I started going uh, on from there. You can actually see over the years how they kind of get a little bit better. Uh, the first ones are pretty terrible. Uh, regardless, uh, I upload these onto YouTube. I got a sponsorship through Maker Studios, which was a company through Disney. Uh, to the point where I was able to advertise on these uh, videos. So to put ads before and after videos, uh, it was probably about 16 years old at the time. Um, and I made like, my first check was like 20 bucks in one month from just people watching my YouTube videos. And I thought, wow, that this, this is awesome. Like, you know, I'm 16 years old making money off the internet. How, how can I get better, any better than this? Um, so I never really expected to make any money with this video, whole video production thing. But when I saw that, I'm like, well, this could help me fund new equipment, which then I could grow and learn more and can maybe advance my business. Um, so I tried to get this video or these videos out in front of people as much as I could. Um, and one way I thought of sharing that is to message my local uh, school district Facebook page. Um, they had about, I want to say like 1,500 likes or something like that on the page at the time. And... Um, I was just trying to get the video out there and often they would post pictures of like students at accomplishments in school so in sports that kind of stuff um student accomplishments regarding award certificates um state honors that kind of stuff so i figured hey maybe they'll share what one of their students is doing outside of school to try and kind of promote the creative side of things uh sent that message nothing about six seven eight months later still nothing so i kind of forgot about this and then all of a sudden i get a reply on facebook saying, wow, this looks great, I'd like to meet. Lo and behold, I am a sophomore probably around this time, and I forget about this because we're starting school, and I'm stressed out like any other sophomore kid would be uh, going into high school yet again for a second year. And so we're in school, and then I get called down to the principal's office, and I get notified to go speak with the superintendent at the district office um, after school or whenever I'm able to make it out there. So I immediately get petrified. Um, I don't even check the Facebook page, but don't think of doing that. Go to the superintendent's office and that's where I meet Dr. Capozzi. Um, and he basically says, hey, you know, I saw your message that you sent to us. I think you've got a great talent uh, that we've discovered here and I'd like to put that to use in any way, shape or form that I can. And so I'm like, wow, this is, uh, I didn't expect this, and so he goes on about saying how he wants me to maybe some make uh, make some videos for the district uh, regarding the board of education, kind of meetings to recap those to kind of tr help improve the trust uh, and communication between the community and the board of education. The school had not been through some uh, sketchy times regarding finances, regarding decision making, regarding previous leadership, so we were in a really bad spot. Uh, I'm not going to get into much into it, but school was in the best spot. Um, community did not trust it at all. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. I, I, I want to do this. Um, you don't even have to pay me nothing. I'll, I'll do this. But um, I feel like 
this is something professional that needs to be done and I'm just like this kid with this little camcorder now that has one button on it you know I can't I can't do much for you um, and then he says well go ahead and make a list of kind of the equipment you may need to move forward with this and then we'll talk more so I go home uh, screaming shouting at my parents hey guess what I met the superintendent I was terrified but then he said you know to talk about you know doing videos for him all this kind of stuff my mom's always kind of brought me back to my roots. She's always kept me grounded. So she's like, don't get too ahead of yourself. Uh, you might be getting yourself into some more problems rather than uh, a, a good time or a future career. My dad's always been the laid back one that's always supported everything. Well, not that my mom has it. She's always supported me too. Um, but my dad's kind of been the, all right, go ahead, do it. You know, whatever happens, happens. You, you'll learn one way or another. Um, so I ended up making a little bit of a list of, you know, equipment that was needed and told Dr. Kaposi, hey, this stuff isn't cheap. Like, I mean, you're talking to a 16-year-old that doesn't have a job right now other than a couple checks through YouTube. This is important and a lot of stuff, uh, especially the way he wanted to do it with doing interviews with one or two cameras, uh, multiple people in the videos, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Send all the story to him. He says, okay, give me, give me a couple weeks. Don't hear back from him. I'm like, all right, nothing's going to come from this. And lo and behold, he sends me an email and he says, done. And uh, when I get that email back, uh, basically uh, the school had offered to uh, provide me with some equipment in order to get the job done. And then he offered me an independent study course where I would move forward with this video production passion. And I would continue mm -hmm. to create videos for the school district for during my junior and senior year. Uh, to kind of help promote the district in any way, shape, or form that we can. And one of the projects we did was a school culture video uh, for each building in our district. So that'd be four videos, one video a quarter. Um, he said, do your thing. I trust you. You're in charge of learning how to schedule uh, from beginning to end everything. So I'll give you the context to all the principles, and you go from there. And so I got to say that was an awesome learning experience in a very controlled environment. It was something unique. Um, obviously, it was something he trusted me with. Um, obviously I must have shown that I can be trusted. Uh, however, from that, um, initial encounter, I was able to purchase the equipment from the district after I graduated, um, at a little bit of a lower cost. Cause at that point market value, it's used equipment, that kind of stuff. But during that time, um, I was allowed to use the equipment for personal use, which meant I'm 16 years old and I've got this cinema camera I can use for anything when all of a sudden, you know, I had this little camcorder. Now I've got this kind of um, semi-pro level camera uh, that I don't quite exactly know how to use. And it's kind of grown and transpired from there on out. You know, I've been able to then make money with that equipment, you know, start filming a little bit of weddings. My first ever wedding was a disaster. Not that anything went wrong. It's just more so the cinematics of it, making it look good. But it was for a family friend. Did it for free just for experience. And now we're out to be booking, you know, four-figure weddings um mm -hmm. got i think we got about six or seven of them coming up this year we work with the uh, meridian school district to this day i graduated i was class of 2018 uh, graduated december 2017 and to this day i still work with dr pj Capozzi very closely for his personal things for the school district um actually we're shooting a video next week about one of the school district's new well the high school's new goals of trying to get um people x many college credit hours before they graduate so we're doing a campaign on that we just did a campaign on a new tool for tutoring. 
Um, we did a PSA about uh, stopping at stop signs at school buses. With, uh, we partnered with the local sheriff's department and our school resource officer to do that and our transportation department. They did an awesome job and it's kind of almost an opportunity to show the faces that maybe sometimes uh, go under the radar. You know, the people that kind of make the whole district work, like the transportation department that maybe we don't have lots of opportunities to kind of show, show them off per se in the public eye. Know, bringing them in on these kinds of projects to help increase the communication and working with the sheriff's department to kind of show that connection that we have that relationship there to kind of bring in that confidence into the parents that hey we've got this relationship with the sheriff's department we've got our school resource officer you get to see him on video you get to see our transportation department they feel happy because they feel acknowledged it's a win-win-win all the way across the board well, it's interesting because you've shared so far and i know we can dive deeper because i have some background in in this story but you shared so far that you had a passion as a student, an educator took interest in that, made a lot of things possible because they had access to funding and, and ideas and resources supporting you through pursuing your passion. Now you're talking about you graduated, you were able to take those resources with you to continue your success, but then also stay connected to your school building, give back. It sounds like you had this great experience with not only an educator believing in you, but also the other end of this is the school district being able to provide a, a more transparent lens to a community and really foster excitement about what was going on in the school building with these two stories, these huge positive components that came out of the work you've been able to do has the last few years just been super simple. You've been doing video production, no big deal. Cause I feel like there's more, uh, there there's more is, than will come there, your way after there's that. There's a lot more to it, um, mm -hmm. and let's go ahead and just dive right into it. Um, so I've always liked, uh, I I've always wanted to be a police officer, and I've always wanted to go to the State Police Academy uh, down in Springfield, Illinois. But when I was in high school, I noticed that you have to be over the age of 21, and you need a bachelor's degree to go down there, or an associate's degree in military service. I, for one, uh, am not in the service, but thank you for the service of those that are um, and those that plan to be and those that have been. Uh, however, I decided, you know, let's go ahead and try this firefighter EMT thing. My school, uh, Stillman Valley High School, they had the, an option with the local college, Rock Valley College, where I could attend college courses while still in high school to kind of get ahead again. And this was through the fire science program. So my junior year was just basic introduction to fire science, introduction to building construction, all these very introductory courses just to see if I like it or not. And this is a great opportunity for students to kind of gauge where their interests are so that after high school they can pursue those careers. And there was nursing, there was welding, there was all sorts of stuff. So it's not just firefighting. And then the very last course of this whole fire science program was the EMT program, Emergency Medical Technician program, which was a uh, one semester course. And basically, I to college to two nights a week and uh 6 p.m to 10 p.m and i would learn medicine and senior level in high school and by the time i graduated high school i had my medical license and uh actually i graduated december 2017 i turned uh 18 years old on december 20th of 2017 and so i needed to wait until i was 18 in order to actually use my medical license on the local volunteer fire department so from there on out, I have actually gone and got my paramedic license that came in in the mail actually a month and a half ago. So I am a nationally and state certified firefighter. I've gone through the Illinois Fire Academy, through the Illinois Fire Service Institute. Um, they're a great organization, lots of free courses and sponsor courses that they help out to lots of fire departments. 
love it. Um, anyways, uh, I did hit a bit of a hiccup in the road, so it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Um, September 13th, 2021, I was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia uh, at the age of 21 years old. Um, I was uh, sent to the ER by my new primary care doctor because I never needed one. Uh, and I finally got one about probably two weeks before September 13th, uh, a week before September 13th, because I was having lots of muscle spasm issues, uh, muscle tears. Uh, I wasn't able to walk for like two weeks at a time. And then when I had three injuries in a row, um, I was like, all right, this is enough. I got to go see what's going on. I went to like an immediate care kind of thing. They prescribed me some medication to pain medication and that's it. Um, I didn't think much of it. And then I just started feeling like crap. Uh, went over to the local doctor's office. They said, hey, we can take you in as a new patient for primary care. Never had a primary care doc because I've always been 100% healthy. I, yeah, that's it. There, there hadn't been much to it. And uh, I go in there. He's like, all right, well, let's go ahead and uh, let's do some labs on you, that kind of stuff. And let's do an MRI because at that point I had uh, lots of dizzy spells. I wasn't able to walk in a straight line. Um, I had lost some hearing and some vision on this side. Um, and it, it, it was not a good time. And lo and behold, the blood results came back on like a Sunday. I was able to check online. Uh, white blood cell count was around 753,000 white blood cells. Uh, normal adult range is anywhere from four to 10,000 if you are healthy, and maybe like 15 or 18,000 if you're fighting a cold or a flu or something like that. Mm -hmm. So 753,000 was literally off the charts um mm -hmm. and i was feeling horrible so and i had 8 a.m checkup with a primary care doc on that monday i go in there for maybe five minutes he says yeah uh you got to go to the ER like now so uh we were kind of prepared for this my sister had gone with me we packed a bag so went up to uh the road to uh swedish american hospital in rockford illinois um i was there for probably four or five hours um anxiety started to kick in panic attacks started to kick in started throwing up and bad stuff there they gave me like three different narcotic pain medications morphine uh fentanyl i believe um midazolam to kind of first said to kind of knock me out um that finally helped settle me down but it was a terrible like three or four hours they ran some more tests and then they're like yeah looks like uh looks like leukemia we can't be for sure which kind of sucked really bad like mm -hmm. it was not a fun time um one of my close friends he works at the hospital um, so he was kind of in the room with me, with my sister, and kind of helping explain everything and comfort me there. Um, but they gave me some pain medication, got me to settle down a little bit. And then they did an immediate transfer to UW-Madison uh, for better and higher level of care. Transported up by ambulance, um, private ambulance up there. And I need to say it was probably within six or seven hours that they had me completely diagnosed to the point of like 95% or so. And they started me on chemotherapy within six hours. I was uh, receiving treatment. And then Tuesday I received a bone marrow biopsy and then the results came back like say the Thursday after that. Um, I was still in the hospital. I was in the hospital at UW from September 13th to September 24th. Um, so almost two weeks out there. Uh, bone marrow results came back. Yup, you got CML, chronic myeloid leukemia. Extremely rare to be found in someone my age and uh, my health status. I've been going to the gym for probably three years straight now, almost every single day. Um, no health issues prior to. Uh, we do have family history of cancer, but not this kind. Um, more so stuff related with the heart and that kind of stuff. So it was a massive blowback. Um, obviously, 
with the hearing and the vision loss um, and my muscle loss. I mean, I, I went from t almost 200 pounds, um, had somewhat of abs, not really a six pack, I wouldn't say that, but there was something there. You could see that there was something there. Um, mm -hmm. As a young guy, that's kind of, that's why I go to the gym. I want to have a six pack. Um, there was hey, something I I get it totally. You know, I work on my six pack. I, you can't see it yet, but it's there. It's just underneath. <laughs> I get it. So I went from almost 200 pounds down to 152 pounds within a matter of a week and a half. Mm -hmm. So, and the chemotherapy, it was a targeted chemotherapy that was basically in the form of a pill. Um, and it was a very, very aggressive pill that targets a specific genome. It's called the Philadelphia gene, if I'm saying that mm -hmm. right. I, I think it's a gene um, or chromosome or something like that. Basically, that causes lots of white blood cells in the body, and the body just won't stop making them. And it turned my blood into pudding, um, a sludge, so oxygenated blood cannot get to my eye, my ear, and the rest of my body. And that's kind of why these organs started to fail, literally fail. Um, so to, right now, uh, I don't have much hearing on this side, just a constant ringing on that side. Um, they've offered to do cohecular implants or hearing aids. Uh, however, if I was to do that, that would completely disqualify me from being a firefighter paramedic full-time per uh, NFPA, which is kind of like the OSHA of the fire service. Uh, they've got a specific code that if you have cohecular implant or any hearing aid, you are not qualified to do the job. However, if you have unequal hearing loss, um, as long as you are able to complete your job safely um, and accurately as needed, um, there's no issue with it. Same thing with the vision. So I've pretty much lost uh, the entire uh, inner part of my vision. So right here, can't see anything. Pretty much with my eye, I see this right here, this level, down and out. Um, so that like one quarter of that peripheral vision is all I've got. Right now it's really, really blurry. Um, and you may see that this eye is a little bit red if you uh, look up close to it, but pretty much uh, they put a band around my eye uh, January 5th, uh, pop my eyeball out, put a band around there to try and bring things together. Kind of disgusting stuff, we're not gonna get into it. Uh, basically to bring things back. It's a little bit too early in the morning to be talking uh, gruesome things lo and behold i'm uh doing well right now feeling great um dr capozzi has a great story himself he is a several time cancer survivor i won't say how many times because i don't want to say it wrong but more than twice um and he's kind of been my big brother through this situation um, me and him have grown really close uh professionally and also i see him as a very close friend almost like a older cousin maybe um, and he actually had gone up to the hospital and visited me while I was in the hospital. Um, he relayed the message about, you know, kind of what's going on with me to the teachers and educators within our building, our school board. And it wasn't maybe five minutes until after he heard the news that I was getting texts and messages of basically, um, well wishes and full heartedness coming from all of our teachers, all of our board members, um, several students, um, even school custodians. Um, there was even, uh, I didn't even know this, but there's an option to actually send a card through the hospital, excuse me, through the hospital's, um, through the hospital's website and our, uh, our middle school principal sent a, uh, sent a card with a bunch of cows on there, wishing me well from good old Stillman Valley. That made me chuckle. Um, but yeah, and then word got out. My sister was up there. She ended up taking a picture of me asleep with an oxygen mask on because my oxygenation was like in the 70 high 70%. So usually we want that to be around 94%. Um, and that's how much oxygen is going through your body. Um, yeah, so that wasn't good. That's why they had me on an oxygen mask. Um, but she took a photo of me while I was sleeping. She started up a GoFundMe without telling me. And um, she just set a goal of $10,000 as you know, a goal that we could never reach. 
um, to help with uh, medical expenses. Because at the time that I was uh, hospitalized, September 13th, I did not have health insurance at all. None. My parents didn't have any either um, because my dad's, my dad's the only one that works in our family. And his trucking company basically provides the health insurance that's barely like enough for anything. It's more so just so that the company doesn't get fined for providing health insurance, not providing health insurance. So it was a very rough time. Thankfully, my sister, she's incredibly smart and uh, figured out that, hey, let's submit your application for state Medicaid right today when you when you have gone in here and see if you qualify. You know, I, I you know, 21 years old, you know, still paying off a little bit of college because I've got an associate's degree now. Um, I wasn't making a killing, you know, working as a part-time firefighter, uh, provisional paramedic, volunteering most of my time. You're not bringing in a lot of money. So that was kind of hope there that um, maybe I'd, I'd qualify for something. My business hadn't really been uh, where it's at right now because I've never given it 100%. So laying in the hospital bed, uh, one of the couple of regrets I had, you know, thinking, God, am I ever going to get out of here, is uh, I never gave my passion and the thing that I've always wanted to do 100%. Yes, I've spent the last two, three years of my life studying and getting my paramedic license, um, and this is kind of what I wanted to do as a career, but I never gave 100% to my passion and my business. And that's kind of where lots of things have evolved since. Um, but yeah, that GoFundMe, you know, we were thinking that maybe we'd get, you know, a couple hundred bucks to kind of help pay for uh, the MRI I had to get done before I was hospitalized, all the doctor's visits that I had to do before I got hospitalized, maybe pay parts of the hospital bill or um, the fuel or the medications. The medications I'm on right now are about $4,000 a month, and those are the cheapest ones. They can only go up from there. Um, they're going to have me on those for the next five years or so, minimum, uh, until we see if there's a possible way of getting rid of the cancer at all but we'll see how it goes can't think about the bad stuff you got to think about the positive upside of things um because if you think about the bad stuff you're just going to go down a down a hole and uh you're never going to come out of it so we can't focus on that bad stuff so lo and behold now today uh december uh january now i'm doing good feeling good uh the business is growing um before i was in the hospital i actually found a uh ford transit van that was for sale. Some guy was selling it for $5,000 in New Jersey because he needed a new engine. And I'm like, all right, well, um, I've got some money saved up. I used to do a t-shirt job on the weekends where I'd go to sporting events and sell custom shirts and I made commission pay. And that was kind of my, my life savings per se. And so paid the guy $5,000 over PayPal and my dad and brother-in-law went and got the van and trailered it home while I was in a hospital. And they kind of cleaned it up, detailed it up, and uh, they said, okay, yeah, it needs a new engine. And uh, they found me an engine for about $1,300, and that was about the last of my savings. And I'm like, you know what, go get it. Well, you know, If I get out of here, I want to push full force with this video thing. And so uh, they went and got that engine. My dad's in the garage playing around uh, with the old engine, trying to see what's, what's wrong with it after my brother-in-law had already diagnosed cylinder fives not firing. My brother-in-law went to go get a cherry picker, which is this, this tool that we use to lift up engines and take them out of the van and put a new one in because the engines are terribly heavy. I don't know why would, they would ever make them so heavy. Um, but long story short, my dad found it was cylinder four, not firing that cylinder five. He says, that's weird. Things don't jump around in engines. Usually it's one thing that's an issue and it pretty much stays that issue. Uh, he puts in a new spark plug and a new coil pack from the new engine into the old engine and it runs without any issues at all. So I got a perfectly working van for $5,000. Now it does have 210,000 miles on it, but no rust on the body, nothing like that. From there on out, I was able to kind of grow. Uh, I got a guy that I made a promotional video for his company. 
He does car vehicle wraps, so I designed my own uh, van wrap for the company. You can see a picture of the van uh, on my Instagram page, which is at zilka.dino. Um, you can kind of follow the journey on from there. Now my dad and I are building the van from the inside out, insulating it, putting internet into it, uh, making it a video production truck um, that we can do live streaming events, uh, conferences, anything and everything uh, from there on out. So that's kind of run down how my life got flipped upside down. Well, and that's, you know, there's so much to focus on here. Your story is incredible, which is why we wanted to have you on the show. Not only your perseverance, your passion, your positive mindset on something that clearly is impossible to even fathom having to go through. And I appreciate you going through all that detail because truly you have been on a journey, even at such a young age. We're going to transition here into our brainstorm bank. And I want to pull our focus in how really PJ Capozzi, but all the educators in the school district, the board members, the, the students really has become not only influential in the work that you're doing from the beginning, but really a support system. So we're going to be right back to really discuss how we can really make this long-term impact. All right, friends, we are back on Daily Drop-In. We're transitioning here into our brainstorm bank. And as many of you know, this is where we really do pause and say, hey, friends, do you need anything? I know we've been able to discuss an incredible story so far. We're going to continue to dive into really the impact a community, a school community can have on making sure a student not only feels supported, but is able to reach all of these incredible goals. I can only imagine the things that you have in store over the next few years, much less the next 10 to 20 years. But this is also a time where we take your questions live. And so while we have been able to truly sit back and hear such incredible detail on this story that you've been able to share with us about your life, if anyone in our community has questions that they want to share or comments that they want to share on some of the things they've heard thus far, please feel free to throw those in the comments. Of course, we are also here to amplify the stories of not only powerful educators, but incredible students. If you currently are listening on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, we'd love to have you share this stream to your community, maybe even sharing your thoughts and encouraging others to share and watch uh, any part of Daily Drop-In that you feel like might be impactful for them. If you are listening to this after the fact on Teach My Truck podcast, don't forget, we always appreciate we take a screenshot and let us know that you're watching. I know that this is really an incredible story, but also very much focused on community. So we have a lot of incredible people that we can add into our network to continue to pursue the incredible work we're doing here in education. You know, Dino, we've been able to really dive into kind of like the chronological order of this incredible life that you've lived thus far, many, many, many successful years to come. And not only a superintendent's interest in your passion, but really a community's interest in being transparent to their outer community and wanting to utilize your skills to do so, and then to support you as you've continued to grow and develop even after leaving the school, is something that educators dream about, right? This is the type of work that yes. that really is to the root of our why, of why we are in education. We want to help people feel success, gain uh, as much as they possibly can in their not only career fields, but in life. And even when things go down a very, very detrimental path, we are there to be support systems for our students. So 
as our network is kind of chewing on everything they've been able to hear so far, can you tell me um, kind of like your soapbox moment? Like if you wanted to communicate one thing, if you wanted one takeaway for all these educators that are listening into your story, what would that, that takeaway, that thought be um, for our community? Um, a takeaway or a thought that would be, I would have to say is, um, you truly do not know how many lives you are impacting yourself. Um, you have no way in measuring that. I know as, uh, from the work I've done and me being a business owner, we want to try and measure everything we do so we can see how effective things are. I know we have lots of examination, standardized testing we do for students, right? Um, and that's how we kind of measure uh, what we do and how kind of how the state measures what we do and we measure our progress with kids with examinations throughout the school year um, but I'm here to tell you there is zero way for you to know how exactly you are impacting kids whether it's through the educational standpoint or through the emotional support or whether it's just your friendly smile grading people in in the morning um, I say this because something I did not realize um, until I was out of the hospital and I saw all these messages pouring in and through that GoFundMe that just blew up astronomically. Um, I had no idea it was going to blow up at all. But all the messages of kind-hearted messages of support and all my peers uh, and people younger than me and older than me uh, sharing kind of my story and what's going on with me. Um, people said I was uh, an inspiration to them and I was a leader to them and people looked up to me. And the way I've seen people looking up to me or that's the way I had a program in my head was maybe you know that 10 year old boy that's like really into cameras or really into photography or maybe really into cars or Legos uh, that sees you know maybe this awesome Lego based video that I made or maybe uh, this kid that's you know in middle school that I'm interviewing him for this school culture video really likes cameras and he's an awe and you know wants to be like me that's the only way I've ever thought of myself as being a leader maybe as being an inspiration for other people but um as time went on uh, people had messaged me and talked to me and called me and met with me basically saying uh, how I'm an inspiration to them that you know I'm an adult I'm 50 something years old you know I've been an electrician my entire life I've got my own company doing that and you know I make great money but this isn't what I love to do and then here you are doing what you love to do spreading joy and spreading passion and you've had this you know terrible thing happen in your life and you're just pushing through and you're not letting anything stop you and people just kept telling me how much they look up to me I'm like I'm just a regular kid, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm a kid that went to school, I'm just doing what I love, and everything I learned with this video stuff, I learned from the internet, you know, it's a, I'm not some great guy, I mean, I'm a regular person, but apparently, I'm an inspiration to people I, and people look up to me that I would have never expected, even some educators uh, told me that they look up to me and the way I do things, um, and my passion towards things, so if I had to say one thing, is you never know how many lives and who you are impacting, um, you might have a rough idea, but I guarantee you it is at least a hundred times more than what you currently think you're doing. Mm, so impactful, so important, and a wonderful takeaway for educators to know that them believing in students or, or showing interest in a student's passion can not only impact them long-term, but truly a reminder that educators truly, you guys will never know the incredible impact of the work that you do. And hopefully this is a reminder after some very, very, very difficult months in education that you are still doing good work, even when it may not feel like it every single day. We are gonna transition here into our good news story and holiday celebrations. 
Are you up for some holiday celebrations? What are you thinking? Eight 
foot bird. That would not be an, an, uh, a positive experience for me. I think I'd be terrified. I would be petrified. Um, just looking in here, I mean, most, most homes, uh, most ceilings are about eight foot tall. Uh, eight foot ceilings are kind of standard, uh, eight, nine foot. And I'm just looking over here over to the ceiling and that is absolutely terrifying. Yes, that is a big bird. They are beautiful though. The photos I've seen, it really is a gorgeous bird. So definitely go check that out. It might be a really good attention getter for your day today. You know, Dino, we have been able to dive into so much of your story. I do want to make sure that our network is able to connect with you following today. Our theme this week has been, and it will continue throughout the week, to be the focus on how we can involve our students in the design process of our, our work that we're doing, whether it be instructional design, classroom design, or anything in between. We really appreciate that your story aligns with that theme focused on the impact that we can have with students in so many different ways. And I do want to make sure that we can continue to support your journey, um, as well as reminding us of the work that we still can do with students every single day. So, Dina, um, how can we stay connected to you? Uh, where can we follow you on social media? And what's your website? Of course. So you can go ahead and find me on person, me personally on most social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, um, I don't believe the Snapchat's that, but it's actually at Zoka, Z-O-K-A dot D-I-N-O. Um, that is my personal page where I share pictures, thoughts, opinions. Um, I've been terrible at using Twitter for the past several years, but I have updated everything on there in the past month or so. And uh, I'll be trying to connect with people as much as I can through there. Um, but uh, you can go ahead and find my website. It's super simple, Z-O-K-A, Zoka.media, M-E-D-I-A. That'll take you over to my company's website. Um, you can find uh, our Facebook page is Zoka Media or Zoka Media Group. Either of those will find uh, will send you over there. Same thing on Instagram, Zoka Media Group. Um, you can go ahead and see our work, the work we do, uh, kind of where we're at. One of my favorite things to do is actually to post our crew on location on the day of where we are at. So you can spot us a couple weeks ago. We were at a conference in Schaumburg, Illinois, and we actually had a couple people walk up to us and say, hey, we saw your post uh, with our uh, conference tag on there. And and uh, can we ask you for a business card? And so kind of great way to uh, grow some businesses always to be tagging where you're at, especially at conferences as an educator, um, try and connect and grow your network. I love it. I love it. For those of you in our network that have not connected yet, uh, please go connect with our incredible guest that was able to join us bright and early this morning on Daily Drop-In. There is so many lessons to be able to take away from today, and we'd love to have you share your biggest takeaway from this morning's show, regardless of when you're catching it, whether you're watching it live with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, or if you are catching this after the fact on Teach Better Talk podcast, we appreciate you. We appreciate your impact. And we do always love hearing from you. We are going to head out here and wish you a wonderful morning on Tuesday, January 18th. But please remember that if you're an administrator, we have our admin mastermind happening here in just a few minutes. And we also will have that later this evening. If you are an educator, then we wish you a wonderful day with students, an incredible, incredible Tuesday. And hopefully we'll catch you tomorrow morning as we continue this conversation on Daily Drop-In. Dino, thank you so much again for waking up bright and early to talk to me. I know that we're on Central Time and it's not even 7 o'clock a.m. yet, but we really appreciate you you committing some time to sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. I hope everyone stays safe, stays warm during these cold times, unless you're in the South and you're warm all the time. I am severely jealous of you. I hope to be joining you in the next five to ten years or so. So everyone, 
Uh, thanks for uh, the opportunity of having me here and sharing my story. And I look forward to connecting with everyone uh, through social media. I love it. Please enjoy your last sip of coffee and we'll, we'll see you later, friends. <laughs> Thank you.